Let's go to Wellington now, and it's time for our regular catch-up with one of the Media Watch team to discuss what's caught their eye in the media this week. And tonight it's Jeremy Rose joining us. Kia ora, Jeremy. Kia ora, Karen. Last time we talked about David Byrne's online magazine, Reasons to be Cheerful, and you'd like to stick with that theme. Yeah, it kind of caught my fancy, and it, it kind of, it's a very subjective thing, what makes you cheerful or what gives you hope, but I, but there was just a few things this last week which caught my eye and I thought I might share those. One of them is Happy, an elephant at the Bronx Zoo, and according to his supporters, he's anything but happy. And they've taken a case to, there's a case in front of the courts in New York at the moment claiming that he should have the rights of a legal person, so legal personhood, um, and this is being taken by the Non-Human Rights Project. It's a, a really interesting thing. Descent magazine has a, a long article about it. Um, they talk a bit about elephants. Uh, they write, elephants have a knack for demonstrating that they think, feel and remember in a way humans can easily understand. Famous for ritualised expressions of grief, they have been observed covering deceased family members with leaves and dirt, touching their bodies and even visiting their grave sites. The elephant's trunk, a combination of nose and upper lips that contains 40,000 muscles, is capable of expressing human compassion. And it goes on. It, it, it caught my attention because it reminded me of a story which... The Guardian picked up on a New Zealand story, actually, which was the Whanganui River and Te Uruwera being given the rights of personhood as well. And they, even though it was a New Zealand story, it was only when The Guardian created a little video for Facebook that it went internationally completely viral and just caught people's attention. Um, And it seems to... have a lot of fans, this idea that we shouldn't treat nature as something which is owned, but something which has rights of its own. And so I went looking, and in fact, just last month, um, Bangladesh declared that its 700 rivers would all from now on have the rights of personhood, legal personhood. The Philippines is looking at legal personhood for nature. Argentina, India and Germany have recognised legal rights of animal. So it's really this kind of growing international movement. And I've linked on the Media Watch site on... I've written up this um, session, and there's links to various stories about that issue. Good idea, I think. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, we're not the only ones on the planet, are we? Not the only ones on the planet. The and it 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 rings. I mean, the first country I'm aware of that did it was Bolivia, a country led by an indigenous leader, and they re- put it into their constitution. Now, what's not at all plain and I think we'll see over time is what practical effect it actually has, um, and I think that's still to be seen. But it's it's a really interesting idea, and it's one which I think the public's really interested in, even though it doesn't get picked up that much. So happy the elephant has been picked up by the international media. People are talking about it. The Financial Times has written a long article, but as far as I know, nobody in New Zealand's picked it up yet. So uh, maybe we'll be seeing some stories about happy shortly. Uh, another story that um, was on France 24, the English language French television uh, program, was that Dunkirk, it's a city of only about 80,000, and they've introduced completely free 
public transport. When I say free, it's completely publicly subsidised public transport. And it's had a really major impact. Um, I think it's seen something like a 50% increase in the number of people using public transport. Um, Quite topical in a week where people are talking, as we just heard about the price of petrol, um, you know, that, that could be one solution to skyrocketing petrol prices. Haven't um, uh, under 16s had free public transport in Auckland? On I think that's recently? right. On, on it, the weekends? I think or? it's just on the weekends. Yes. And, and so I know I know that in other places. I know that in Vienna they've got something like a three sixty five dollar ticket, which any resident can buy, and for that you can travel for free for the whole year. So for a dollar a day, um, whether you use it or not, it's a different thing, but. So internationally, it does seem to be a growing movement, a realisation that the best way to increase the use of public transport is to lower the price as you get on, but obviously increase the price of rates or taxes to pay for it. Um, It tends to also mean that there's far less, uh, you know, that that there's better patronage, so you have fewer empty seats. Back to David Burns is reason to be cheerful. Um, I had another look, and he had an interesting article about the art scene in Nigeria. Um, I think last time I mentioned his article, which caught my fancy, which was the, the art scene, a, a, a Biennale in India. And this one, he points out that um, in Lagos there's this thriving art scene which is completely independent of the European or American-type buyers, and it's self-sustaining with... in a self-sustaining local market. But he says that it is dependent on the kind of wealth gap. So the fact is that you have some very, very wealthy Nigerians who are buying this art. And he says, but he says the thing about the art is it's just very different. It it isn't created to appeal to an international aesthetic. And he thinks is really exciting and something quite new. And that just, for some reason, that got me thinking about my favourite ever Anthony Bourdain episode, which was one on Haiti. Um, I've always been fascinated by Haiti. You know, it's probably the first truly democratic nation on earth, you know, because they gave, you know, it was a slave rebellion, a democratic republic. Just an extraordinary story. And he went there um, to create a programme shortly after the earthquake, Um, and the thing that was really striking about the program, it was, it was really beautifully done, but was just this extraordinary cre- creativity. Um, he would go into the ghettos and there was art everywhere. Um, and I've got a clip from that. Let's listen to it. Elsewhere, boys may gather to play soccer in the street. Here they meet in a hut to swap paint, admire and learn from each other's work. There is, even among all this destruction and ugliness, great beauty. There always has been. An amazing tradition of Haitian art. Yeah, I highly recommend that episode. Um, I haven't watched that many of his programs. I don't know, were you a fan? Yes, I liked him, but I didn't really wasn't that um, interested in the cooking aspect. Of it. Yeah, well, this one this one has very little cooking. The food didn't actually look great, um, but the art. These kids were just. It was kind of I don't know whether you're familiar with Deborah Buston's work, but it was. It yes, very, I am. Yeah, yeah very yeah, colourful, yeah, unbelievably colourful, and kind of otherworldly and spirit like. But just this, you know, from from very young kids, this extraordinary 
creative urge which didn't seem to relate at all to to kind of any market you know it, it, they weren't creating something for tourists they were just creating for the sake of creating it i don't know it just it utterly um delighted me at the time and and yeah it was a great reason to be cheerful um a but, great reason to be cheerful the gift of art and i i suppose yeah a little bit tragic when you think about um it, it wasn't enough you know, Anthony Bourdain obviously had that ability to to recognise and celebrate, but um, tragically he took his own life a, a bit over a year ago. Um, which brings me to the next theme, which is reasons to be glum. Um, I thought, you know, it's all very well to to celebrate these stories that make us feel good, and and I think important. We don't have enough of them, but there are also really good important stories that that may make you feel slightly glum and, and there was one actually today um, Tess McClure, a former Radio New Zealand journalist, former deputy editor of Vice New Zealand and now a, story, a student at the Columbia Journalism School had a story uh, in The Guardian um, headlined Dark Crystals, the brutal reality behind a booming wellness craze Oh I read that yeah, didn't you think it was extraordinary? I it mean, was a great, great piece because it's not something you think about. No, and so incredibly well read. It's funny, I don't think I'd think, thought about it really since probably the 1980s where I got cornered one night by this very, very boring New Age hippie type. And, <laughs> and, and he was going on and on about the power of crystals and how they could do this and they would cure that and, and everything else. And a friend of mine at the time, Lydia Mabbitt, um, kind of nodded knowingly and said that she utterly agreed with him, which she said is why she thinks we should leave them in the earth. You know, they're just so powerful. You shouldn't rape the earth to take them. Um, and even though I, I didn't... Good point. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good point for those people that believe them. But it really is um, an extraordinarily well-written but unbelievably well-researched as well article Um Starting off in Arizona, in Tuscan, Arizona, at this huge market for these crystals of every imaginable type. And then she goes to Madagascar, which is where most of them are mined, and goes down one of these hellishly scary-looking mines um, to see teenage boys um, and younger collecting these things, their family's utterly dependent on it. And unlike diamonds and blood diamonds where there is a, a knowledge of um, you know, there has been concern so there are some international safeguards but um, in this case, you know, there, there really aren't. Uh, and she had this extraordinary quote from one of the ladies selling the the crystals in um, at the Tuscon market who who said that on one level, knowing these conditions made her feel that the pieces were more special because I know some person in a little baby hut was actually polishing it by hand and they're setting their intentions into it, she said. People's intentions and people's energies are put into the stones as they're producing it. Kind of chilling stuff, really, isn't it? Who said that? That was the woman selling the crystals. Oh, selling them, right. Yeah, yeah. The intentions, I'm not sure that that 
that would be the intention of the person polishing the stone. No, do you? no, it didn't. It didn't feel mm. like it. Now, look, I'm not sure how much time we've got, but but just a couple of minutes, yeah, there, Jeremy. There's, yeah, there's going to be there's this absolute flood of stories coming about climate because it's the um, covering climate now week of coverage, which has 250 news organisations around the world, including most of New Zealand's major news organisations, covering climate change in anticipation of next week's summit in New York. Um, And the Covering Climate Change Now website has a whole lot of those stories, but, but one kind of caught my attention. It was Naomi Klein interviewing Greta Thornburg, um, you know, the extraordinary Swedish school kid who has galvanised the world, really. And let's just listen to a clip of her. They cannot argue against, because I'm only saying what the science is saying, and you can't argue against physics. If there's a fire there, and I, and I say it's a fire there, we need to... to to put it out. Put it out. <laughs> yes. We need to put that fire out. It's like the most reasonable reaction would be that you look at the fire and say like, oh, we need to put it out. Yeah. But now they, they seem to be like, they look at the fire and they look at me like, what are you wearing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There was, it... it I thought that was an extraordinary kind of moment. She was talking about the trolls who attack her, and they really don't seem to bother her that much, but um, she really is really is something else. A clever girl. Well, thank you very much, Jeremy. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks' time. Great, thanks.